Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody exclusive. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. <laughs> I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fucked. I understand. Oh, I'm taking quickly, Reggie! Yeah, it's a good match. No money's in the fucking resources. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 247 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. Just the two of us this week. Uh, no slight on Alex or Jack on this occasion. It just so happens the international break really has wiped almost everything out. There is really very little for those. I guess the only thing you could blame them for is maybe a lack of culture in uh, the sports that they take in. But I think we can definitely blame for that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. They should have forced themselves to watch the UFC card, for exactly. example. Um, we've heard enough from Alex before on uh, drugs cheats, which perhaps isn't a great sounding sentence for him, but that's where we're going to start today with Oscar Valdez. Got a bit on the UFC this weekend, a bit of the boxing that happened on the same night, and uh, we'll do a little preview for the NFL season as well. So uh, just getting things wrapped up nicely, and then the Premier League is back this weekend, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of talking points when we get going next week. News of the week then. Not quite as uh, mental as last week, but still interesting. Um, China limits children to three hours of online gaming a week. What do you think about that? That seems strict, doesn't it? You're not even getting an hour a night. It says strictly online gaming, so I don't know if you can like play Crash Bandicoot on your own. And I feel like they're not the, they're not leaving loopholes. No. I feel like they're not the type. Um, Lawyer says security guard who shot man three times acted in self-defense because the victim wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> uh, Tiesto fans' ashes are fired from confetti cannon in headline set. I guess that's nice. Unless you're underneath that confetti cannon. <laughs> Someone uh, will treat that as like a bit of a, oh, guess what? I'm covered in yeah. <laughs> their ashes. Uh, Who wants my t-shirt? Dog the Bounty Hunter Dog the Bounty Hunter says he thought he had a pass to use the N-word. <laughs> Why did he think he had a pass? I don't know. <laughs> Called enough people brother and someone said, you know what? You're welcome. <laughs> this actually ties in with when we were talking about uh, Jackass the other week. Uh, Mum glassed best friend in the nose after wine fight for a laugh. That is a UK headline if ever I've heard one, for sure. Uh, The UK is hitting MDMA shortage due to a lack of lorry drivers. So if the pod seems off this week, (laughs) you know why. For not our usual energy. Uh, Viagra thief is not a hardened criminal, his lawyer says. He's obviously struggling with the MDMA (laughs) shortage as well. He's got to get his fix of something. Uh, 
an American sports arena is being sued when it's been discovered that a large beer for $7 and a small beer for $4 are the exact same size, only served in different shaped cups. I feel like if you're if you're not picking up on that pretty quickly, I feel like you maybe you deserve the extra three dollars that you're paying. I don't care what shape the cups in. I think you, you can think quickly you, figure you out. Can work it out. Um, a scientist are at it again. Scientists say men are more likely to go out of their way and assist women with hardened nipples. <laughs> now this is an experiment. They got I feel like for this summer. They wouldn't struggle with volunteers <laughs> if they'd like get a bloke in off the street. So I, I actually saw this on uh, Twitter and um, they were really serious. They were like, we showed people pictures of with and without and we actually cropped the faces out to make sure that they didn't just have a friendly face <laughs> and just asked which one you'd be more likely to help. So and, if they couldn't uh, see the nipples, they were less likely I to help. 64% were more likely to help the woman with hardened nipples than uh, without. That's crazy. So they aren't intimidated. <laughs> I don't know if we covered this last week Belgian woman banned from zoo after she claims to have had an affair with a chimpanzee it says an awful lot about our headlines <laughs> I don't actually know if we did cover it last week I yeah, don't think we did I don't think so either um, workmen digging a well in a man's backyard discovered a 100 million dollar windfall a 2.5 million carat sapphire cluster What's the deal with that? So is the, the, presumably the property only gets out of it, don't they? I, I would assume so. It's not really like um, digging up some coins where you can just tuck them in your pocket. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I was at um, a place that rhymes with a schmoop, when on a Saturday when people would cash their lottery tickets, you'd get some people that would give you like a side eye, like, I'd say it's not a winner. And they go, can you just rip it up then while I'm here? As if like I'm secretly just in case pocketing you're this running off. When it quite literally makes like a jackpot noise if you've won even a fiver. So there's some very okay. untrustworthy people out there. Um, and finally, a woman has caesarean section, resume, returns to gynecologist eight times over five months, complaining of fever and abdominal pain before finally discovering that a surgical sponge was left inside her during the procedure. Oh my words. I'm shuddering, I don't even have a vagina. <laughs> I mean, we've we had some things uh, squeezing orifices in these news of the week things, yeah. but that's that's got to be it. Well, most of those were by choice as well. Like this woman is woken yeah, up. Valid. I mean, it's not quite as bad as the bloke who woke up and his Johnson had been cut off after he went in for a circumcision. <laughs> but that the the thing is, I guess so many doctors would have at least in their head thought it could be no, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, for it to have gone on for five months, they've probably thought of various stages. Oh, maybe we... No, no, Eventually, we didn't leave once gone, fine, we'll give you a scan. <laughs> I bet all of them, they're doing our thing to say. It wasn't me. I definitely didn't. Look, I came out with all my cloths. Yeah, who's missing a sponge? Yeah. We'll do a quick head count. <laughs> so that does us for today. And then we're into more serious news. Um, as always, this is quite wordy, but I thought it was quite complicated to try and understand, so... As always, we'll kind of... And there does seem to be a lot of misunderstanding yeah. about it. So. so what I found was, and it was on the Bad Left Hook website, so I'm not being plagiarising. Nice. Essentially, they've interviewed a... Um, I forgot his technical term now. Uh, he's a doctor that specifically deals in dosages and this kind of thing. More of a chemist. I believe it's a T1 
Team Sky Doctor, I believe is the terminology. Yeah. Um, but he's basically, they. he doesn't have any knowledge of the case itself in terms of the specifics. So the he's not involved with it, it but just... he basically said, in theory, with this, what could right, this okay. do? Okay. So for those unaware, on Tuesday, we learned that Oscar Valdez tested positive for a banned substance called Fentamine as part of his pre-fight VADA testing. And we'll get into the organisations a little bit. Um, a few days later, it was confirmed that his B sample was also positive, but the fight would continue as scheduled on September the 10th. On Friday, the WBC announced that Valdez would be put on probation, but not stripped of his super featherweight title. So essentially, this isn't bad now, but if you do it again, the thing that isn't bad, we will punish you for. Uh, later that day, Valdez posted an Instagram video denying any use of banned substances for performance-enhancing purposes. Um Shocker. So fentamine is an amph- amphetamine and a DEA-controlled substance. So it's not something kind of complex you'd see cooked up on Breaking Bad, they say. Mm-hmm. But its primary purpose is as a prescribed part of a weight management plan, which yep. we've seen fighters get popped for. Uh, it could theoretically provide additional training value as a stimulant, but it's not clear how significant that impact might be for a top four athlete. Uh There's no documented history of the FDA finding fentamine as... Uh, an adulterant in any other supplements. So essentially it's very unlikely that this would just be like a contaminated uh, test, uh, so they say. Uh, It's approved for weight loss. The way it accomplishes that is primarily through its hunger-reducing or anorectic effect, but it actually uh, increases energy also and reduces the sensation of fatigue. Uh, They say it wouldn't work as a masking agent, so that's, I know, one of the things people hear when they talk about diuretics and things. Um, they were asked, would you be able to cycle off this? And he says, if you waited a week, basically, it'd be out of your system. Um, it may be detectable a bit longer, just depending on how much you were training and this and that. But theoretically, you could use the drug while training, stop a week before, and you'd pass a routine urine test. Um over a nine-year period between 2000 and 2016, 776 supplements were found by the FDA to be adulterated with at least one pharmaceutical drug, uh, some of which are not approved, and over 20% of those had two or more. So essentially, it is possible to get a tainted supplement, they say, but in this case, it doesn't seem to be. I know it was explained on Joe Rogan's podcast, which is never a good place to, way to start. Yeah, bro science. Yeah. Very simply, he put it, if you've got kind of a giant vat, it could be two things being made in the same one. So yeah, as much yeah, as yeah. you can wash it out, you might still have that little bit on the edge, which could be part of then uh, your supplement. Um, so yeah, there've been zero cases of incidental exposure to this drug before. Um, the commissioner for the Pascua Yaquai, which is who's doing this fight, mm. um, uh, he declined to explain their decision to ESPN as to why they would carry on. Uh, Maurizio Suleiman said the sanctioning body won't prevent him from defending the title. So quite simply, the, the drug increases your endurance, is banned by VADA, it helps you essentially cut weight while retaining your power, which is obviously a massive thing. Pretty useful. Particularly with someone yeah. like Valdez when you look at his style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, where it gets complicated... It's listed as a banned substance by VADA, which both, which both fighters signed up for. 
the WBC also uses VADA as part of its clean boxing program. Uh, they cost less than testing agencies like USADA or even some of the flimsier commissions. So you pay more for worse in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, they hold a reputation for being the most thorough in the sport due to its CIR testing, which I can't profess to know a lot about other than essentially it's the best testing you can get. Um, so this commission only adheres to uh, WADA's rules which only bans the substance if it's taken during an in-competition period, which begins at 11.59pm on the night before a fight. <laughs> so essentially they're saying you can use this as much as you want, just don't use it the night before, and we don't think it'll help you. Outrageous. Um, so Wada and Vada makes this very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Vada, so Vada, who, the ones who caught Oscar Valdez... They're essentially like the policeman arresting you, presenting what they found, and then it's not in their hands anymore. You're on to the judge and jury. So they find it, they pass it on to the commission, and then they decide Valdez's fate. Um, Bob Arum and Valdez's lawyer are blaming it on a switch from coffee to herbal tea during training camp. (laughs) Um, They ask this uh, doctor... How feasible that how feasible that could be, and he said, "I'll tell you, it, it produced quite a big laugh in the office when when we heard that." <laughs> so it does seem a new one. Yeah. We've heard contaminated meat in all sorts, but that's a that's a different one. The thought of like drug excuse banter in the, in this office <laughs> is like something else. You feel like the laughs are probably pretty low for him, so they got to get it in where they can. Yeah. Um, essentially, regardless of the honesty of Oscar Valdez here, whether it's trace amounts, whether it's intentional or not. The fact that boxing allows it to happen is actually the worst thing here, rather than Valdez, whether his opponent, the opponent is almost always going to carry on. I hate when people say, well, if he feels that strongly about it, he should pull out the fight. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're, as this guy is, you're not the house fighter, no. you're not the one bringing the, the audience or the, or the money, are you? So he's basically got... a world got, title fight for him. So yeah, like, and he's got to take this. So, uh, yeah, the, the bigger issue is undoubtedly about the fact that the fight can still go ahead rather than you know, the fact that there are drug sheets in boxing, which we know does happen, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, because with this, it's quite unusual that this kind of gets let slide. I did think it was interesting, and I know it's an easy way to kind of go around it, but Eddie Hearn was acting shocked as if the Dylan White situation didn't happen, who tested positive and was allowed to fight a day the- later. I mean, as I said, the, the hypocrisy around that and, you know, British fighters and pundits, how much yeah. will quickly condemn you know, a Mexican fighter or, or anyone that isn't a British fighter. And there'll always be some uh, small print as to what happened with the, yeah. the British fighter. What is the comparison where, once once that came out, that they knew he'd had a, a fail on the, the A sample and they still let the fight go ahead. You're really, it's, it's a house of cards coming down. Because yeah. you kind of... I, and again, they've managed to quash it. And if you ask most people, they wouldn't even know that that had happened, would you? you no. know, that people within boxing know, but a lot of people, sort of more casual observer, won't even realise that's happened. I do think this does also highlight some of the uh, other inconsistencies. For example, that the fact that I was always at the understanding from previous uh, drug scandals that the B sample comes back after the fight. So this is he's returned an A sample and a B sample before that's so, even happened. Well, I. Potentially, it's about when the test first test took place. I think it was 
the 17th of August is when this test right. is from. Okay. Um, but it, it, it... Nonetheless, though, it's, it's always interesting to me how long a B sound would yeah. take. I mean, Dylan White's never turned up, did it? I don't think, which no. is interesting. Well, that, um, Thomas Hauser, who broke that news, and he's done a big article on the, the drugs bodies, and he said there have been hundreds of tests that have been positive that were never even reported to the commissions. That's insane. Yeah. Because they just feel like they pass it on to the promoters and then... There's an awful lot of people washing their hands of things, aren't they? And often due to, you know, people don't have the money behind it. Whereas, as you touched on with Varda, they obviously at least do have money and power to be able to to do something to an extent, but then can't enforce things once they've kind of said, right, here's the fatal. It's... It's tough because you used to look at USADA as being like they were, like the top dogs. Yeah. And well, to the point that people actually disliked them because they kept catching people. It's like, well, yeah. that is kind of their job. Well, they're the ones that do it for the UFC. And I've seen more recently that their out-of-competition testing is... Yeah, I was pretty, reading something uh, on this earlier, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they pretty much just do it on, of the fight night tests kind of thing. Um but the thing with them is when they do catch people, they do go to town on you. They do like, enforce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the ones where it's like a tainted supplement, they essentially say, look, we're not saying we don't believe you, but you did still have it in your system. That's so the rule, yeah. yeah like yeah. TJ Dillashaw in boxing, you wouldn't see, well, anyone on the pound for pound list go get be no. banned for what? No, no. Two years, was it? Two, three years, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they'll do it. In boxing, they would have just said, right, you've got a six-month ban. Well, compare Dillashaw and Jarrell Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, valid point. And Miller isn't half the name that TJ is in the UFC. And got popped four more times than he did. I know both... I know you're probably drawing the parallel because both got done for EPO, which is basically undeniable, isn't it? But uh, the other thing I do think this thing always exposes was there were some people, whether they were just being contrarian or whatever, but trying to... um, so say about the the Valdez thing that it wasn't why would he do this isn't a performance enhance I think people often think like this is either going to be uh, like some special juice that's just going to make you hyperactive or that it's going to give you big like muscles like a steroid juice it was the idea that being able to decrease weight and still maintain performance isn't performance enhance is insane it's, like, it's half the battle well, that boxers are going to face what, um, Tyson Fury popped for wasn't it Nandrolo and the whole thing is yeah. that it cuts weight and you still are able to... Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like, when you look at his style, it's like, well, this sounds like the perfect drug for you. Yeah, oh, a, a 6 or 9, 19 stone yeah. man can walk around uh, a ring that, for That actually in- that increases long. your lung capacity as well. Mm. So that was literally, like, tailor-made. The ironic thing being, obviously, AJ always gets accused of that because of how he looks. Yeah. So, and yet, he's a bloke who probably gasses a little bit and has never been caught for anything. Yeah. And almost every other heavyweight contender has been. I guess it's just kind of boxing showing itself up again because... Yeah, once again. Although I'd rather they were honest and just say they didn't care than the usual like, uh, okay, we'll give you a backdated four months ban, but actually ends right before your next fight was going to be. I don't know about you, but there's always a feeling with boxing as well as, uh, okay, this is bad. The next one will really punish. And it's always yeah. the next one, the next one never comes. And because there's always some very weird, flimsy excuse behind yeah. it, which has maybe 0.01% possibility. So well, they've got to go, well, I can't fully rule out that this happened. Hearn said that he was nearly in tears because of how disgraceful it was. And then his next 
fight he put on was Huey Fury against Alexander Povetkin. <laughs> Someone who's been popped yeah. three times and Huey Fury's just got uh, he was popped the spottiest, well. spottiest back ever. And yeah, no, that didn't happen, though, did it? Because yeah. that, uh, that whole thing never happened, obviously. Um, so I guess it's not anything we haven't said before, but it, I mean, it's I know we're uh, sort of preaching to the choir a bit, but in a sport where basically you don't have uh, one governing body or anything that yeah. can enforce anything, what can you do? It is that and it's just it's the wild west it's, it always looks worse when you've had like a death in the sport as well like they have had this week in the same week yeah, yeah. And, and people are right to point out that look if if this guy gets badly hurt by Val doesn't it then is he going to face criminal charges or yeah. what because it's, it takes on a different life then it's no longer just a boxing it match it shouldn't but it's, it's so annoying when it's someone you like as well because yeah, Val yeah. is brilliant to watch like. yeah he's as, he's as boxer as you can get isn't he um, I do also think it, it highlights once again, um, inconsistencies within a governing body in the WBC as well. When you consider uh, David Benavidez got stripped of his title for doing coke. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't do, I know, but that's slightly different to yeah. actively taking a performance enhancing drug and going in a room with someone. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, other fights that we had this week, so we'll get on to the main event, which was, of course, Darren Till. Um Quite annoying, actually, because we had two fight cards on at the exact same time, rather than it being spread out, which, as much as you can try and kind of watch both, it doesn't quite happen like that. You you focus on one a lot more and kind of wait to see if anything interesting happens in the other. Mm, for sure. The first question I have, and I don't know how much uh, fallout you've seen from the UFC... What? Why do Americans love the Scouse accent so much? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand it, like... They're like wonderfully perplexed by it to the point where they, they think it's like incredible. Yeah, but it is though, isn't it? If you've if you're not generally used to hearing that, like they like a, an English accent anyway. But when you hear a Scouse one, you must just be thinking, "What is this?" Yeah. So I I and it happens that a lot of the people they're going to hear tend to be characters as well. Obviously, I know you're talking about Paddy yeah. the Paddy, which well Molly McCann was actually up first and I don't know if you've seen any of her interview after so her clip of hers went viral yeah I did and she's crying on the mic mm. just says I just, just want a bevy <laughs> and Bisping who has been bad lately as a commentator he was cheerleading the whole night like Dan Hardy used to be bad like Bisping was bad oh is he um, ramped it up I mean it started right at the start of the night and you know um, and Garnu and the UFC seem to have this beef at the moment yeah. where Dana's like you fight when I want you to fight and go on. I've not seen my family in years. I want to see my family. Yeah. So he was at the fights. Um, one of his training partners was competing and this was the first fight of the night where they're struggling for things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, DC's basically saying that Garni's such a great teammate. I, I saw him here so early and I, I wondered if he was just a fun, excited fan, but this is his kind of prostrate. And Bisping says, uh, Come on, t- tell the fans how much Francis told you he weighs earlier. Um, and DC was like, no, no, he, with respect, uh, it's, it's not my place to be talking about that. He obviously didn't want it to be said because yeah. of the whole UFC. Like, you don't want to fight what this, that. They're just an interim. And just, well, if you're not going to say, I'll say. He's 285 right now. He's 285. <laughs> Can you believe that? And DC was like... <laughs> What are you doing? DC, a fellow big man, knows big man problems. Yeah, well, it's just going to be 
put over his head now and they're going to say, see, I told you we didn't want to fight. We're ready for competition. Put him yeah. on weight, yeah, yeah. Um, which has a heavy weight. I think Ngannou, he can have a couple of cheeseburgers. I don't think it's going to be the worst no. thing for him. Um, but yeah, Molly McCann was at first. She gets dropped in the first round by a headbutt and Rory also isn't a fan of hers um, as much <laughs> as I'm not as well. May, I, I just don't particularly like her as it is in the whole... Uh, being overrated because she's scarce is just so weird to me in the in the UFC. Like it's not even Liverpool fans hyping her up. It's like Americans. Yeah, saying, it is. that is odd, isn't it? Saying, "Oh, she's just such a character and all this that." She she does win, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Gets on the mic afterwards, and everyone everyone's loving it. Paddy Pimblett comes out, and um, me and Troy talk about him quite a lot. Where'd you stand on him? I, I don't like him. I um, thought you may not. So there's a strong chance. I've covered a couple of his ones for Cage Warriors. In in terms of putting yeah. on a fight, he's as fun as it gets. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. He he can finish you on the feet, he can finish you standing, he's got like jump he's got like flying triangles on his resume, like from behind and things like that. The hair obviously helps to <laughs> get him get his face out there. Um but he was linked to coming to the UFC to age, for ages and they kept saying on the broadcast, look, you said he wasn't ready. He actually at one point said he was bigger than the UFC. Um, oh, at the time when... So they wanted to bring him into the UFC when there was the Till Wonderboy fight in Liverpool where they yep. essentially put like every Englishman on the card yeah. um, in the UFC on the card. And he declined it then saying, look, I make more money in Cage Warriors, which I probably don't disagree with at the time. Mm. He probably yeah, did. Yeah. Um, he was their champ, I believe, or he just lost the belt. Um, and he was saying he was too big for it and all this. And then a couple of years down the line, he's now saying, look, it's because I wasn't ready and all this. People are talking about him as a potential future champion, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, he's a fun guy to watch. He's probably going to be 50-50. I imagine he'll get a ranked opponent at some point, and I don't think it'll go very well. Chin no. right up in the air. Um, you can't fight like that at this at this level. <laughs> like, so you think it'll be a fun watch, but well, not Luigi Vendramini from memory has had two fights in the UFC. He's drawn one and lost one, mm-hmm. and he nearly put his lights out a couple of times in the first round. Right, right. I think the way he fights, he's going to be one like Nico Price probably, where yeah. and not quite the same level of excitement, but winning probably isn't as important as you being cocky and doing this, but when you then switch it and your interview style is like, I'm the money man now, I'm unbeaten, I'm yeah. this, that. That doesn't work then when you start losing. No, you should be saying like, I'm a guy who's going to bring the fight every time, whether you knock me out, I knock you out, so on, so on. Him saying scousers don't get knocked out. I mean... It's just kind of waiting for you to... Well, Darren Till could yeah, tell you otherwise yeah. there. So yeah. can Tony Bellew. And you just know it's... Getting played back whenever you inevitably do get stopped. I did see about four or five fighters the same night say, go on then, I'll fight you. So, I mean, he has done a job, hasn't he, in terms of the, the profile. His profile soared. Well, I saw um, he gained 100,000 Instagram followers I saw the same from his thing. ring walk. That's pretty um, impressive. And the amount of tweets I saw from people who, obviously it helped because of the time it was on, wouldn't usually be watching UFC or at least mm. wouldn't be knowing the fighters between Paddy the Body. And yeah, it's like his name obviously is getting out there. I I did enjoy his interview calling Instagram lizards. Yeah. Just the way he says it, and 
And all saying Lizard, I think, yeah. is always going to win you around. Megan O'Leary trying not to break while he says trying it, to be professional. She just, she just can't. But yeah, I, I think he's good. I think he's someone when he fights, you're going to want to tune in to see it. But yeah, I don't think he's champion. You don't think his ceiling is what he thinks it is. Well, these weight classes, like I mean, it is a yeah, also a brutal weight class to be yeah. going into, obviously. Um, you did actually have uh, Tom Aspinall in the chief support who mm-hmm. looked great. Uh, Scouse heavyweight, real deal, doesn't yeah. He? Um, he got clipped in his last one as well, and was actually wrestled to victory, which some people held against him. But that's actually quite a good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's been quite honest. I think he may have seen what happened with Till, and he's like, "I don't want to be rushed." Yeah, like, I think he said, "I'm 14th now. Give me the 13th ranked." Like, fair enough. I don't need. He said, "I just want to keep fighting people ahead of me," but I, don't, yeah, I don't need to be going in with. Stipe next or yeah 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 Derek Lewis or whatever pretty smart so we had particularly in a division where you probably think you can jump the well, queue pretty quick we've seen others where they did it with Tuivasa he had yeah. a couple of wins then they said right we'll give you Junior Dos Santos and Junior Dos Santos was like I'm old but I'm not that old I'll say that yeah. um, Darren Till obviously loses in the main event um, mm. most people were picking the fights go to a decision my brother with uh, the last fight to go had one bet for 90 quid with just Darren Till left and one for 350 with Darren Till by decision. Ugh. Um, Ugh. They didn't offer him a cash for the 350 one and they didn't offer him a cash out before the fight for the Darren Till one. Scumbags. Till obviously started all right. He kind <clears> of <throat> blitzed and uh, it got up to 60 and my brother was like, I'll take that. Um Us. And then he yeah. got taken down like right as he cashed it and he was like, okay, I feel a lot better now. That's a nice feeling, that. But I remember the, the second ever interview I did with MMA was with Brad Pickett, who's like yeah, UK yeah. MMA legend. For those that aren't familiar with him, unfortunately, the, the best way to describe him is if you remember the uh, McGregor-Chad uh, Mendes card, there was a Brit who was two rounds up, he gets flying need yes, for a yes. loss and that's how a lot of people would have seen it. <laughs> but he'd kind of come to terms with the fact he was never going to be champion and this and that. He was, I think he had, I think I might have been preparing for his last fight actually. Um, and I asked him about the UK success. I'd spoken to Mark Casey and we had Jimmy Manor on the way up and he said, essentially you are never going to see British dominance in MMA until they start teaching wrestling in schools. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, because we're so far behind that when you get to the top level, you have to compromise so much of your game just to stop someone else doing theirs. Yeah. And you look at Darren Till, and he's been overhyped as it was. He beat Cowboy, which was big at the time. Yeah. I, mean, I was dining out on saying he was going to win on the podcast. So you I'm not did. That say was now. one of your best picks. Um, he looks. He's looking a bit like he was a size bully at that point, and people are saying well, he's won one of his last five. Yeah. Um, the issue is, this probably is his level and Whitaker can strike as well as he can. Well, I mean, he's not this genius that we were sold. No. To, cause it, they were sold like uh, him and uh, Adesanya is going to be the most exciting fight you've ever seen. And the most beautiful like style clash. I think he can be competitive with a cannoneer by the fact that he's probably not going to try and wrestle him. I think Gastelum was probably the level where yeah, he's yeah, beaten yeah. him there. Brunson if you're going to be a title challenger, 
you should be beating him. I, I was about to say that he's been sort of, I don't know if gatekeepers... He's had that unfair, himself, I think. But he has, like you said, if you are going to be the champ, you go past Brent. I know he's on a, not a bad little run now, isn't he? No, he's basically he's just going through fan favourites. He's beating Kevin Holland, who can't so wrestle. He's beating beat Darren Till, who can't wrestle. So there is, you know, he is obviously on a probably a career run. But They put him up in front of Whitaker, where they said, right, we'll see how good you are. And that was when Whitaker then beat him in the first round with a head kick. And then they were like, okay, we'll see how good you are. Right, we'll, we'll give you Jackery. And then he beat Jackery. Okay, yeah. you're not that good. Now we'll give you uh, Yoel. And then went from there. That was good of him. Yeah, I think in terms of good picks, I, I, I asked why bookies would even be taking money on uh, him beating Jackery. So <laughs> the, the Darren Till one is like, if you're not going to be good on the ground, your takedown defense has to be better than that. And it now seems his great takedown defense was largely just because he was bigger than people. <laughs> like, Yeah, because I was about to say, it feels like it's uh, deteriorating. It's like that first takedown he got taken down with Brunson, I was like, that is not a hard one no. for him to defend for, for what he know, and he normally would be able to. And it, is well, it just purely just the size? Well, you look at um, McGregor, and it doesn't look great when you look at Khabib and Chad Mendes, but they're freaks. Like, hmm. his other fights before that was because his takedown defense was just so good. And even in the... Even in the Khabib one, but certainly in the Mendes one, there's times where he had them, they had him pinned up and he defended it. And you're like, I don't know how he's defending no. that. That's was, was great from him. The Poirier one it was, was terrible in terms of that he yeah. always neglected all training on yeah. takedown defense. Poirier took him down far too easily. But in those fights, you saw exactly what to be fair, even could be in done. The Khabib one, like Khabib was chaining together takedowns at some points. It wasn't like the other guy. Exactly. He grabs you and like that's it. Yeah. It, you know, the someone, His takedown defense is very good. Um, and has been. You look at others, um, Bisping was a guy that's going to get taken down, but he's going to get back up. And there's yeah. plenty of fighters like it, but Till looked as clueless as you can be. Yeah, and it looks like he's getting more more and more that way when you watch him. He looks at, kind of all at sea. His, obviously, his other problem is, is you are right, obviously, he was hyped early on. And, and it's a shame for us because he probably was supposed to be the next guy and the guy that we could all sort of get behind because he is... Leon Obviously, Edwards is basically what Till was supposed to be. Like yeah. When you look at his record. If you and you, if you could have his uh, Till sort of social media presence, if you like, where he is a funny guy, obviously, and Edwards' actual skill set, you'd, you'd probably take that to the bank and run. His other problem, obviously, is that Adesanya has basically been what Till was kind of supposed yeah. to be in the same division. Where you know we're not going to talk about Adesanya's ground game, but he's just perfected yeah. how to you know use your striking skills and. Till just hasn't. Well, me and me and Troy were chatting about it, um, and we were saying that the issue is we have some of these guys, and we're like, well, they're a decent wrestler, and then usually when they get to the UFC, you say, "Fear a European fighter," and we'd take out like Dagestani and Russian out. Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But essentially, the the other guys that we're saying are good wrestlers. It worked on the European scene, and then they go up to the UFC, and it's you're against like these college wrestlers. Found these levels, yeah. Some guys for sure, like. Uh, Marvin Vittori is clearly a very good wrestler. They're, Stark in the striker. <laughs> yeah. Le- Leon Edwards is decent. Yeah. Like he, he was taking down RDA. Um, but you're not going to get a strong flurry of them. Like Jack Shaw actually wrestled his way against um, a U- Ukrainian Olympian on yeah. Saturday night and dominated him. I do think you're going to see uh, the, the gap is being bridged a little bit. And obviously as... MMA has grown as a sport and there's actual sort of gyms where 
people that are practicing mixed martial arts, you're going to see uh, an increase in our abilities. But you are right. That's where America is doing it in school. Even just by accident, you're going to start yeah. doing things by second nature as a wrestler that we just... Yeah. And you, and you can see it often in terms of the movement is just so natural for America, a lot of American fighters where even one who's decent wrestling on a British or European fight, they're having to think about everything and that's, that's yeah, hard. Yeah, and that's half is when you're getting tagged then your instincts like you're not shooting in like McGregor against Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you do have some like, I think it was Lerone Murphy I saw who's from Manchester and he looked very good but he was interviewed about kind of what did you start with? Was it you went into a jiu-jitsu and he was like, I literally trained MMA and as you just referenced there, so you're not going in now being a kickboxer and you go from there. Like, yeah, a you're guy learning, tried boxing, it didn't work out, yeah. so he ended up in. You're MMA. learning like your takedown sprawls with your arm bars, like right from the start. So that is going to bridge some of the gap. And I think just a lot of it you see with some guys, it's all well and good being loyal, but I feel quite cliche. It's your career at the end of the day. If you are still a lot of Tilney's to leave the camp. Sort of thing, which I don't think he would do, by the way. No, but I think it was Bilal Mohammed saying, and it sounds like a, a slight on Till, and well, it probably does sound like a slight, but it's hard to say that you wouldn't do that if you were in that position. But he was like, it's probably quite nice until he's living close to home. He's the biggest, baddest guy in the gym. He's the best one there. He's showing everyone else what yeah. to do. And he's like, that only works for so long. I guess. And, and that's another, by the way, we talk about the advantages Americans have in terms of wrestling. With it. If you look at the best uh, MMA gyms, invariably Americans, imagine, you know, the, the likes of Usman and Gaethje working against yeah. each other every day. I mean, I know that's a, a bit of a specialist one, well, but... Gaethje even says then he, as he's leaving his session, he's watching Rose hitting the pass. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. You look uh, at it like Alpha Male. Even um, you used to have... Usman, Gilbert Burns, and um, Vicente Luque in the same yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. You got everything there. You could, you could possibly and that's need just in one weight class, like yeah. three top guys. So, I guess it, it's probably going to take just someone just being a freak because I don't think it's going to come from being built up. Like I don't know, right? It, it's not coming from kind of traditional schooling kind of thing. It's going to be someone that has the raw ability and then they be from fill over in here. the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But you don't like, um, I mentioned Jack Shaw there and I can't think of the guy's name, which is bad because I tipped him to be my one <laughs> to watch. It's going to really annoy me. He's, he's another Welsh lad, basically, but he was um, Mason Jones. Um, he was a yes, I remember you cage warrior champ simultaneously and mm. he can wrestle and he can do it all. So maybe there's something in the water in Wales. Um, so you, you know what, we'll go, he's Welsh. You know, we'll throw him in, we'll take it. Pretty much. Um, I mean, they... This being compared Jack Shaw to GSP. Um, nice. <laughs> so no, 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 no pressure there. This uh, really was on one. <laughs> yeah. I had another question about the UFC. and So I've got Derek Brunson. They basically said to him, look, do you want to have another fight or are you just going to sit and wait for a title shot, which will ultimately... Is this where the kind of best versus best falters? Because we don't want to see Brunson... Against Adesanya again. No. Like if it really is best versus best, we'd probably just see Izzy against Whitaker just ten times, and we'll just see who wins, <laughs> whether it's ten nil or. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny, isn't it? Because you, you said that about Brent, and there's a to a lesser extent, but a similar feeling about Adesanya and Whitaker, isn't there? So is this just going to be the same thing again? But at least when you look at oh, Whitaker prior to that fight, but also and the wins he's had since, yeah. 
and he has had some growth. You can at least make a case for, well, this might look different. And they do have a, a Aussie-New Zealand rivalry thing going on, which is a bit of a sell. But you you are right. And that is also the problem, obviously, when you have a, a champ who looks that much better than the rest. You're like, yeah. who are we going to put him in with? And then the Khalil Roundtree stoppage. Um, bastard does me again. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, yeah me and Rory. Oh, um, God. Well, I mean, we we were both saying from the jump, like, we don't care about any results here, just as long as this clown loses. And then he comes out like a house on fire. <laughs> like, Why? Why does he do this to us? Um <laughs> So there's been some controversy. I'm a little unsure as to why, to be honest. He won with, I guess, a knee stomp, you'd have to call it. Um, John Jones has done the kick for years. Robert Whittaker's done the kick for years. Wonderboy's done the kick to a lesser extent. Whittaker injured Darren Till with it in their last fight. And they brought it up to him in the interview after. He injured Romero with the same kick. And he laughed and said, I guess I've got to do that more often. (laughs) Oh, Bobby Nux. Any? Do you have any issue with it, or is it? Unless you're going to disable, unless you're going to make it illegal, then yeah, exactly that. I find it, like you said, a little strange. I did see this, the controversy around it. I was like, yeah, a sport where you can do almost anything. Yeah, sure. You know, headbutts. Whatever. MVP I find that a bit put a dent in a man's skull. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do find it odd. And even some of the things they do, just like, like the, and I've heard. Uh, Big John McCarthy talk about how ridiculous it is with the the twelve to six yeah, yeah. thing, essentially out on the base of one incident ever. Some of the things that you, you do allow and don't allow. I think if you end up stretching it to this as well, we, we're kind of getting into dangerous territory here. Then, because well, nothing's good for an elbow to the head ain't great no, for you, no. or, you know, a knee to the head or whatever. But that's still allowed. So I don't see that this is. I saw Adrian Yanez speaking about it, and they said to him how bad is it? And he said, obviously, it's like one of the worst things you can be hit with. And they said, so you think it should be kind of barred? And he's like, absolutely not. He said, I've learned I need to stand differently so no one can do that to me. Yeah, yeah. And he tried it on Modestus twice. He tried it the first time and he was moving backwards and it didn't work. And then he stepped forward and he did it again. Mm. And it worked. So it's on you. There are ways to prevent it, largely guessing your leg out of the way is simple as that is, but... Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, none of us are going, right, you can't do the calf kick anymore because no. too many people have been debilitated by that. Years. You know, if you started seeing a huge amount of like ACL injuries or whatever and you thought, look, this is killing half the roster, I can see from a company's point of view yeah. where you go, well, look, we can't, we've got to do something about this. But as it is... Very few people have legs like Khalil Roundtree. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So it's probably not going to have quite the same effect. Um, no. No, I just thought it was weird because I've seen like... Uh, Joe Schilling, who's just been arrested for beating up a defenceless guy in a bar, is Jesus. in Instagram comments saying this is disgusting shit. Uh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who these people are. I understand McGregor's taken some stick for doing it in training, um, when I'm pretty sure he's doing it lightly. It's probably something he was working on for the fight, yeah, and he's kind of drilling it, and they're aware he's doing it. If you're doing that in training and you're taking people's uh, yeah, I careers, but that. like essentially you're both in there to render each other unconscious. Like whatever you have to do is pretty much yeah. It's in a sport where you're trying to inflict damage from the if you kind of start disallowing certain things, you're on a slippery slope. Yeah. Um, if we go on to the NFL then to uh, 
close things out today. Actually, we've got a boxing quickly. We do. Yeah. Um, so we had uh, Maurizio Lara against Josh Warrington at Headingley on Saturday night. Undercard was disappointing. Um, hopefully you didn't watch it all back. Um, no, I watched uh, I watched Maxi Hughes. Yeah. And that was... I'd, Conor Ben decision and Katie Taylor decision didn't, didn't tickle my fancy. I got I picked up what I needed to from reading yeah. about him. And uh, Ebony Bridges, uh, I mean, I've heard it was a robbery. I can't say I was paying too much attention yeah. to the fight. I was what whoever was on the UFC at that time. Um, main event then. So the fight starts. Josh Warrington comes out as we'd expect, kind of trying to land combinations back off, get the hell out of there. Commentary, I thought, were overselling it a little bit. Yeah, they were saying like that. Sure. Beautiful, and we were 30 seconds in. Yeah, very much. Lara, as we get to the end of the first round, is starting to connect, whether it be to the body yep. or the head. Um, second round, he's touching him even more. Warrington keeps putting his head in. Um, I've seen some saying he was doing it to get out. I, I don't believe that to be the case, I think. No, no, no. I think he's go ahead like a space invader crisp <laughs> and uh he was so he was so i think he was fighting scared almost because yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think he so. was so terrified of getting hit that he was trying to duck in so the low is the... and tuck his chin in so much that that's as what frustrating happened. as that is to watch for us it's probably well advised as for a guy who is very good at fighting on the inside but isn't you know a lot was made of the fact that you know he can box yeah he can box but he isn't can box on the outside and dancing around. It's, that's not what he's ever done. I think he realised pretty quickly he couldn't do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is, you know, if you're in with a guy like Lara, who obviously can whack, we've said before, but stand off and allowing him to tee off can sometimes be the worst thing. Yeah. Something you've got to get involved there. Fine line between doing that and getting chitting, but Yeah, so he puts his head in. Warrington is uh, appealing as if, like, he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, Howard Foster was a ref wasn't he he kind of says get on with it yeah. get back to the corner and you see the full extent of it and very quickly you're, you're not even like I hope the ref lets this carry on they're like this is never carrying yeah. on Yeah, yeah. it went literally the no, whole Steve Gray wasn't it ref. yeah Steve yeah. Gray, yeah. Howard Foster was in the Conor Ben fight um, yeah. because there's a point at the end of the fight where Conor Ben is doing the kind of roaring come and have it and yeah. um Granados hides behind Howard Foster and, uh, <laughs> and Conor Ben can't get to him. He's trying to step aside and uh, he's stepping behind Howard Foster. Fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, that, that cut was as bad as you'll see. Yeah. Hearn, in his interview straight after, saying that Lara was looking for a way out, which he since retracted, but... Still, Seems crazy to have even fought it yeah. in the first... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Warrington was giving it the... Oh, what are you doing? Why are you pulling out? And Luke Hailing in the crowd doesn't know if you saw that. I saw the video of that, giving him the, giving him the bird on off it. And it's, Jesus. As if you didn't dislike him enough already. Yeah. Lara, Lara looked good. I, I think if Lara and Warrington fight 10 times, I think Lara wins 10 times. Like, yeah? The way that fight was going, and two rounds in, I know, the amount of effort Warrington was having to put in just to not be clubbed and he was still getting tagged. Like, I think that's just completely, completely wrong for him. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like you said, there's been quite a, almost a whitewashing of what was going on in the fight to suggest that this was basically 
one way traffic and Warrington was closing in. I know Bunce has got a lot of stick for, for his take yeah, on it. And bearing in mind, he obviously yeah. wasn't even working the gig and the, and the actual commentary itself. Um, whereas I, I read it as I thought, as you said, Lara's starting to land and as a bad, and I think Warrington was fighting scared, which is a good thing because he was going to need that <laughs> intensity and those nerves. And that's probably what was missing in the first, the first fight. But I, I do think, as you said, he was having to expend a lot of energy to do, to do that. It was essentially going to be whether, Lara could keep up loading up on everything. He wasn't loading up like Conor Ben was, but no. he was certainly like when you see Kovalev Ward and he's floored him in the first round. And from then on, even if he's not swinging from the hip, he's having that extra bit more kind of tightness because yeah. he really wants to hit him. He was swinging like that because he knows he can chin him as he's done previously. And it just would have been essentially whether he lands enough of those before he tires or whether Warrington essentially can't get out of the way of him anymore. Yeah, because I did, I did fancy Warrington going into this. Obviously, you, you know, the, the way that first fight means you, you're not going to rule out Lara. But I thought, um, I thought certainly early on, I thought Warrington was the quicker of the two. I thought as heavy handed as Lara was, I didn't think he was that quick. And I thought it was a little um, slow on the feet, a bit flat-footed. So I thought with the right game plan, obviously knowing this time that he can clean you out, I thought Warrington... We'll have something. And I thought actually in the first one that he was, I don't know if he was hurting Lara, but he was catching with shots and knocking head. But I thought actually, yeah. people have said before, Warrington punches a bit harder than his record suggests. And I thought, okay, this time, if he's, you know, he's on he it, he's trained. with one, I think, in the first round, I think. Well, I I thought, oh, okay, yeah. I thought he could actually get stoppage here, or, or certainly a dominant decision. But uh, funnily enough, considering it's obviously a pretty small sample size, I'm less convinced now, having seen yeah. that second one, than I was uh, having seen the first one, where. Most people saying, "Well, he got cleaned out. What chances he got?" Surprised to see Lara going in as the underdog. I no, probably it probably made some level of sense because it was only just, wasn't it? I think he was. Yeah, he was what just over evens, was yeah. he? And so I thought those were probably odds that made sense, and I was actually, I was actually hoping for a little bit more value yeah. actually because I thought there might be potentially something there. Do you think so? Warrington said after, "I want the third fight." There's people saying. Lara is still contracted for one more fight with Matchroom, but it's not he's not contracted to fight Josh Warrington anymore because he's fulfilled his rematch. Do you think it benefits Lara or Warrington more if the rematch doesn't happen? I got a feeling they might try and just forget about this guy and, and move on. I got a feeling. Hearn, his interview with IFL, he essentially says, "Look, we he's going to be out till that rest of the year now. We don't need to wait around." Yep. For that. And you can normally tell by the noises pretty quickly after, you, you know, well, for, for example, I know I'm using an extreme example, White Povetkin, White had just about come round and people were talking about the rematch. Yeah. Whereas, so you can normally read read the room pretty quickly. I imagine there's people in Warrington's changing room going, you will need that rematch now. And he's going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I quite I quite like Warrington as well. He's got a good sense of him and he's quite honest in his approach. And I do think, you know, he's, talked about Lara's punching power before I saw him he posted in the fight week uh, it was a, a clip of Lara warming up and he's like uh, for fuck's sake he's training like I've stolen yeah. his missus or something yeah. like that I think probably privately he might be a little bit like yeah I don't really need that I, there's, there's some big fights for me that don't involve uh, Lara yeah if, if there was a part of me and I think I said beforehand that um, we should have gone down to Leeds I'm very glad we didn't <laughs> <laughs> When 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 they pan to anyone in the crowd and they're shadow boxing down the camera, it's like that's when you know the crowd. Yeah, I don't need any part of that. Um, so there we go. Do you think it will happen next? 
No, no, no. I've, Do I you think, think it'll happen? So maybe not next. It, that having one fight with Matchroom is interesting because I mean they can't do a lot else with him. It doesn't. They might feed him to someone who's maybe just a horrible watch. He doesn't look good in that one, and then we they try and forget Lara exists. Maybe the it doesn't benefit Lara like he ha- like he got the belt off Warrington either. No, like that's, he's literally left with nothing. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? So I I've got a feeling Warrington is some big fights a ticket seller. I don't know that you need a third part for that. I think they might try and brush under the carpet. Go and have a word and try and be made mandatory for Kid Gallard. Yeah, but that is, again, that is also horrible. Yeah. Because you never tend to look too good against Kid Gallard. And then the British public don't need much encouraging to try and forget about someone who's cleaned out their boy. Yeah. So I I think that that could happen. Um, Just finally then, if we go on to the NFL, I mean, won't go into each team, but I do have a number of questions um, Mm. as we go into the season. So this time around, we have uh, 17 games for each team. Uh, We saw a little bit of it last season. Do you think if we see a team that's running away with a division, do you think we'll see more key players being rested throughout the season, whether it's for more than one week at a time? I think so, because I've seen some people suggesting as well that of the... um say like the Chiefs going undefeated whatever and I, think, I I just don't see how that's going to happen because if you're there, even with like two games to go you'll probably stop playing Mahomes or whatever so especially after last year you got hit you got the concussion didn't he yeah well, yeah I think in that the, was third, the, might be the first game in the playoffs actually it was play, a playoff yeah. game yeah 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 so I, I don't see that anyone's I think that's a hard enough task anyway yeah. I don't see that anyone's going to do that so kind of like we've been talking about in the Premier League the last couple of weeks so offensive holding penalties were way down last season uh, 462 were called in 2020, an average of 1.8 a game, compared to 724 in 2019, 2.83 per game. Um, and there were 780 in 2018. Part of the broader reduction in flags has been complaints that too many penalties were making the games unwatchable um, yep. from a TV point of view. But coaches have complained that infractions went uncalled. Which way do you think it will go this season? You really don't want to guess too much with the NFL, do you? Um, pretty much every change has been, as people have commented on, to try and benefit the offense. So I imagine it will probably carry on that pattern. They might do a couple of checks to kind of uh, maybe rein in any complaints, but that tends to be the way to go because it is, again, like the Premier League, it's better to watch. People want to watch high score and offensive games. They don't want to watch games that are bogged down. So I imagine that's what they'll do. I mean, did you see, there was a brief, I only saw a brief clip of Brady uh, talking about this and how much easier the quarterback's job was and how the defence had it so hard now and about all these calls. And I was like, you can't be sat there talking about refereeing calls. You can't be. Tell me. And no one seemed to be checking him. Everyone was praising him for it. I was like, hang on a minute. So, so the replay officials who sit in the press box now have the authority to um, offer referees advice on what they've seen on the broadcast um, while it's being filmed. Um, in re- in replays related to possession, completions, and interceptions, um, and players down by contact and the spot of the ball relative to the out of bounds lines, um, they won't be able to reverse calls or tell the referees to throw flags, but they can inv- they can advise them during the game. I mean, it, in principle, that sounds sensible, but also is a dangerous slippery slope, isn't it? Where I, I know I've seen a lot of, uh, particularly an American audience, saying. They just leave it to the ref on the field and leave him. And yeah. we've seen with football over here that 
sometimes the more VAR gets involved, that isn't necessarily no. always the good outcome that people Especially think. If it's too many chefs and TV all that. officials up there, we had complaints during the NBA playoffs that there weren't that because the Lakers and Nets weren't in the finals that it wasn't worth watching. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 and they there was some horrendous TV. Um, decisions on, on the NBA ones some ones that you think are pretty obvious that they, they didn't get right yeah um, we might see more successful onside kicks so for a one year experiment the NFL will allow only nine players from the receiving team to be allowed within 25 yards of the ball only three onside kicks were recovered last year in 67 tries the lowest rate of recovery since 2001 that's a fun idea that's a good little innovation so you could almost be punished though for being in the lead, which is oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I guess the same way up. The, I say this is a, a funny invasion tool, like the Packers get down to one yeah. in the last minute. Then I'll maybe change my tune. Um, something that none of us really wanted to see. Taunting is now a point of emphasis for officials. Um, that doesn't oh. mean celebrations will be restricted. They say, but the NFL doesn't want players standing over each other and having exchanges on the field. Yes. Oh, one of the most baffling things, certainly in NFL, but in all sport, the taunting thing. I just can't get my head around it. <laughs> things that are allowed in this sport, and then that is considered, no, no, you're going a bit too far there. You might hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, there was one in Very pre-season bizarre. of a guy literally celebrating in the vicinity of another player, and he was thrown off. And it, I also find it bizarre sometimes where they draw the line with it. It's like something, you know, like, it's jumping in the crowd. Gonna, you might think, oh, that's that's really taunting me, that is it? Strange. Um, we have a lot of stars returning from injuries this season. Dak Prescott, we'll see how he mm. does. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Joe Burrow, uh, Devin Bush, Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham, uh, Nick Bosa, all franchise-changing comebacks. Fun times. Who of those are you looking forward to seeing back most? Uh, I mean, it's always fun seeing the Cowboys struggle, so hopefully <laughs> that coming back still carries on that trend. Obviously, Odell Beckham is... His box office, but also hasn't done anything in however long. He's, he's kind of been living off a of one-hand catch for for quite a long time. Yeah, that is they're a weird one. The Browns, where you, everyone says about how strong a roster is, but they also seem to have played worse when Odell's been available. I'll tell you right now, they're my Super Bowl pick. Yeah, yeah. I I think they're they're not a not an awful shout. Can Baker get it done? Though? I'm a Baker Mayfield stan. You are a Baker Mayfield stan. Odell stays fit. Garrett, hopefully. <laughs> Please, mm. most games. Um, do you think Tua will play well enough to end questions about the Dolphins pursuing another quarterback next year? He was linked with trades this year, whether it, for Deshaun Watson, which being linked for a trade for him at the moment isn't <laughs> yeah. good for anyone. Yeah, when you that's a pretty clear sign, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure the Dolphins are him. I think pretty quickly they've decided against him. And I think also that, obviously there's a lot of, one of the exciting things this year, I think some of the, the young QBs that have been drafted and probably are going to play obviously Matt Jones obviously looking like he's going to uh, a lot of the other ones you, know, you wouldn't back Jimmy G to do a season so Trey Lance probably gets in yeah. there a lot of the other ones w- will end up playing um, and I think people already rate them over to us so that's a the, the Dol- it's a weird one as well he's kind of got nowhere to hide because the Dolphins do have a good setup. so well, if, he, like, well, if he can't do the job then he came into the league injured like it was there was talk about whether how high he'd be drafted because of the injury he had going into uh, the draft he gets drafted it seems odd that they've kind of they do seem to have given up playing quite quickly I think so I don't know what they're seeing in training maybe but I mean it's it's different playing for Bama in college than it is yeah exactly but 
even that often is sometimes held against people as well. It seems what playing for a good school is kind of oh wow he's been carried along. Uh, my guy Jake Coker um, with the <laughs> cannon of an arm <laughs> that he's got, but despite how well they were doing, they were pretty consistent the whole way through. Yeah, that he's not going to be drafted early. He's probably he may not even be drafted. Whereas Tua came on um, for Jalen Hurts in uh, the final yeah. um, when he got injured. And he came in and he threw the winner in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was talk of him before then, and even when he was on, they were saying like this: this kid like, is, is special. Like the the throws that he makes. He was drafted in uh, baseball as well, and then decided oh, right. like like a, a lottery pick, like he was a high draft pick. That's crazy. Um, yeah, the hype on him does seem to diminish very quickly. I don't quite. Well, I haven't seen enough to suggest that. I mean, he hasn't blown me away, but I haven't been thinking, oh, this guy can't crack it in the league. Not like a truth biscuit, for sure, Matt. Well, it's like, listening. We've, we've seen others before where it does take them a bit of time. You don't have time in this league, though, do you? See how much time Jordan Love gets when he gets thrown in. I think... Not an easy gig. I think, essentially, he'll get a chance somewhere, though. Like, And it's not, it's not the same, but like took Josh Allen to what, his third season. Yeah. And then it was like, whoa, okay, you're a player. Maybe it's going to take two a bit of time. But the, the issue is that I think you do have to pretty much cater your team to him because of his size, the fact that he's so mobile, like you need to yeah. play to it. And with his style of quarterback, you, you probably do have to accept the downside. Certain limitations. Yeah. To what the, yeah. People often talk about his size as well, which is quite funny. They expected he was just going to get well, there bigger. there were legit <laughs> discussions about whether he could see over the pocket. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if that doubt is already ingrained in people's heads already, you've really got to perform to yeah. eradicate that. Um, does Cam Newton get another chance? I'm not sure he does. I feel you don't like think he, might... he goes to the Cowboys like Skip's asking for? Interesting. His problem is, is can he be really be a backup somewhere I'm not sure depends how much money he's willing to take because yeah. you think the Cowboys should have a decent backup considering Dak is just coming back in I was about to say that the sort of force of his personality and his brand means it's difficult for maybe to, to have him as your backup but the Cowboys yeah. really don't care about that they don't care how many personalities no. they get in there I don't think so they yeah maybe a possibility any chance Aaron Rodgers plays with his eyes already on next season no, no, I think I think it suits him to have another year like he did last year as a one kind of as a, a middle finger up to the organisation in a way. Thirty-seven years old. Yeah, you know, unless he does do the Max Kellerman fall off a cliff, which hasn't yet happened to Tom no, Brady. Still, that's actually one of my questions. <laughs> um, it's a bad look for the Packers that you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you've got one court, you've got one Super Bowl for each. Yeah, 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 hideous. And whatever else, I know. Rogers divides opinion a little bit amongst people. I think you can pretty much concede that the organisation hasn't done enough for yeah. him over the years. Um, Chiefs kept all of their main guys, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. They all go into the season fit and they managed to improve their rushing attack and offensive line. Are they the team where if someone tells you, you they're, you pick, they're picking them for the Super Bowl? It's not. Yeah, right, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, prohibitive favourites. Like picking not... City to win the league. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Thank you for telling us. Uh, yeah, I think they're prohibitive favourites. I think they have been and will be for the foreseeable. And like you said, from 
obviously I don't know much about their recruiting, but everyone's saying that they've improved the airline. Okay, that's not bad going. No, was well, literally what we've been asking for for the Packers. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Bakhtiari's already out for like the first four games. Yeah, he's still <laughs> that bad. So, yeah, they, they have to be favourites. And I do feel like a revenge mission for the Chiefs is powerful. I feel like having... A, I don't know if they were drunk on the success, but I do. I think it must be hard not to think you can steamroll every team. And also they had that thing, didn't they, that it didn't really matter how far behind they were, they could come back. Yeah. And there's only so many times you can get away yeah. with that. The Russian attack thing's almost just as deadly because mm-hmm. if you can at least have the opposition questioning whether you're going to throw it and buy him an extra half a second, yeah, that's all he needs. Yeah, yeah, if... if Typically, you'd expect that a team like that would have wouldn't have that option. No, you just you just have Mahomes, and that's really the only option you got. The fact that they've got various is scary. Is there any chance Tom Brady has fallen off a cliff coming into this season? Please, Lord, please, Lord. No, he'll just carry on. He's. I do think there's some dishonest arguments with Brady where people say like, "Well, look, he's he's just won the Super Bowl, so therefore he's the best quarterback." It's like, I think we can see there's a. Maybe not ever been the most talented, but at one point he probably was the best. But now he's diminished enough that he's not the best, but he's good enough, and that yeah. team around him is good enough. So I don't, I don't think so. Someone in- he's going to have odd games where he, he probably will look like it. I mean, for example, and again, classic case of rewriting Tom Brady's career because ultimately it gets underlined with a W at the end of it. The Packers game, he throws three interceptions in a row. Yeah. That's a horrific game, but because they win, ultimately that gets whitewashed. Well, that was. Um- so he's going to have all games like that. The other day on uh, Twitter, there was a thing of like the best player you've seen play each sport. Yeah. And I said Aaron Rodgers and uh, I mean Brad Dobbin, who's written for the podcast before, sent me yep. a gif of like Tom Brady back. And I was like, no disputing what he's done. The question was, who's the best that you've seen? Yes. And I've seen yes. Aaron Rodgers do things with football that Brady wouldn't even attempt. He exactly. says that himself. Like, exactly. It's this weird thing. I might all send uh, no probably be Mahomes probably getting seen as the greatest talent but it's very unlikely to have the ring count that Tom Brady's got no no I don't know if that's going to be a struggle for anyone no no I don't think I'm going to get I guess all of last season we were saying it's going to be interesting when Brady takes a massive hit at his age and then <laughs> he was getting a hit but he wasn't really like he was never battered was he no no no, no, no. That's, and that's for all people say about the sucking ears that's why he's gone to a good team who can Defense, uh, defensively good and he can look after him a little bit and he's got receivers he's got options so and they've again you said about the Chiefs keep it, they've kept everyone at Tampa Bay so I feel like they're just I mean if you had to the, the boring answer is if you had to guess a Super Bowl now it probably would be those teams repeating who do, who do you think takes it all if you know if, if we take those two out on the grounds of I don't want to seem maybe too obvious um, I think the Packers will go far, but have their usual problems of falling short. That's just I think that's just what that organization's become. I think the Browns can go close, but not quite. I'll, if you're looking for an outside, I feel like the Rams. I think they're a good team anyway. Obviously, Jeremy Ronaldo's a good coach, and if Matt Stafford can't get it done now, yeah, they never can because you've basically had a long-term situation with the Rams. We said everything's in place, but we're not sure about Jared Goff. And on the flip side, with Matt Stafford, you said, really great uh, quarterback, just in a terrible team. So now with those two getting together, that should be problem solved on the face of it. Picture this. Packers in the Super Bowl. Rogers says before the game, no matter what happens, he's going to be moving to pastures new. 
<laughs> how are your emotions going in there? Conflicted, but also in my mind, that's kind of, I think we probably all have suggested we think he's off at the end of the year anyway. Yeah. I mean, so he himself. <laughs> he's, yeah, all but. So Packers, we, um, Browns in the Super Bowl. Losing to Baker would be hard. The At least chef. if you if you lose to a, you know an all time great, you'd rather him lose to Brady in a Super Bowl. I know oh, no, he can't face him in the Super no, Bowl. No, but, but you'd rather. I mean, if that was possible, then that would eat me alive. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, if you lose to the Chiefs, you lose to the Chiefs. That is what it is. Yeah, I guess there we go. Um, I'm sticking with the Browns. I think. Uh, yeah, not, if, if not, we need an outside tip, I'll go for the Rams. Not no, Cam's Browns, uh, like he's trying to say recently. I can't keep up with no. that man's teams. No. Um, and we'll see how we go. How how well does Sean's Niners do? That's a good point there. Wild card? Mm, I, th- I think they can, they can do well. It is just... Obviously, Shanahan, that system means you can get around the quarterback situation fairly all right, but it's... How good is Jimmy G? How much can he avoid injury even if he does start playing well? And then Trey Lance looks obviously a prospect, but how ready would he be to step Who, in if Jimmy G is out? Who's the starting quarterback for the Niners in week eight? I'm going to back Jimmy G. I'm going to back him to, to stay healthy and to play well enough that he can justify his, his selection. Sean says one look in Jimmy G's eyes and you back him wherever he goes. Yeah, he could he convince any, anyone of anything that much. You see, uh, I've said this before, like some... Instagram women's comments. <laughs> Look at Jimmy G's and the, <laughs> the women in there. They're all wild. Uh, yeah, just a piece of meat. Outrageous, really. But I think that does just about do us for today. If you tune in on Friday, it will be Movie Madness 100, Batman and Robin, which I did rewatch last night, and I do have plenty to say uh, with regards to that. I mean, what an epic film that is. Um, so thank you for listening. We're back next week. We'll have Harper back. We'll have AJ back. We'll have the Premier League back. Goodbye.